everyone, welcome back to another episode of Don't Be So Dramatic. My name is Rachel and this is the podcast where I talk to different people in the entertainment industry to discover what their job involves and how they got there. For this week's episode, I have with me Tristan Barr. Tristan is a producer, director, writer and actor. He is the first writer-director in Australia to shoot a full-length feature film in one single take. Not some fancy, like, cuts that you can't see where the cuts are. Literally like a full-length feature film, no stopping one take which is wild. That film is called Watch the Sunset. Tristan's work has been played internationally at the Canada International Film Festival and the very prestigious South by Southwest. This year, Tristan was the lead producer of the neo-Western thriller feature Headcount, which is being distributed by Shout Factory and Umbrella Entertainment. I hope you enjoy this episode. Um, If you're not already, you can give us a follow on Instagram. The links are down below. I'll also link Tristan's websites and Instagrams below so you can check him out. And without further ado, let's jump in. Tristan, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I'm so excited to be speaking to you. How are you doing today? Yeah, good, good. Um, I am feeling fresh for a, it's uh, almost five in Queensland. Um, so uh, it's good. I've just, I've got a lot more work to do today, but I'm, uh, I'm, I'm glad to be having a, a, a brief break with you. Yes, I appreciate you stopping your important work to talk about all things uh, film, TV industry with me. Is it really that important, this stuff that we do? It's probably not that important. No, nothing matters, does it? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing matters. And so why... Why? Well, no, that means that you can go about doing the thing that you want to do and just be like, ah... Doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. My, actually, my partner's a vet, and I get a, 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 oh. a harsh shock every evening when she comes home, and she's been saving animals' lives all day, and I'm kind of writing scripts or, or you know, reading scripts, and you know, in a make pretend world. Um, so I, I get a, a harsh reality shock. Yeah, she's like, oh, my God, like, this dog just bled all over me today. And you're like, can you read this dialogue that I wrote between these two characters? Because, oh, my God, I think it's the best thing I've ever written. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. She's like, give me five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) My God. It's funny. It's actually funny. She, um, we have very, very different tastes in, um, in content. So, Mm -hmm. um. And it's great. I kind of use her as a bit of a, a testing ground for how commercial our content is. Um, and so that's been really useful to have in a relationship. I'm sure she, she probably um, would say differently. But, um, yeah, that's, that's uh, something I, I mean, when you finish a film, we kind of uh, test it on all our friends and family and see what they mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And it's a, a good testing ground for people who aren't going to just be like, oh, yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> They're going to be like, why'd you do it that way? And you're like, oh, okay. 
exactly, exactly. So, well, from that, you are an actor, director, writer, producer. Would we say all of those slashy things? I, I have done all of them and I, I continue to do um, all of them at different times. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you can call me that. I, I Mainly what I'm doing lately is producing. Um, okay. So uh, it's been, I started as an actor and mm-hmm. um, I went to, well, I auditioned for drama schools for a few years and um, got knocked back from NIDA a couple of times. Um, mm-hmm. And um, and I ended up getting into VCA and I went down there and, and studied the, the three-year acting course down in Melbourne, mm-hmm. which is where I um it all began and and from there I went into just writing and directing after acting school. Mm. So, well, from that, where did your interest in the entertainment industry as a whole start out? Uh, it's a good question. I, I, as a young kid, used to film my little brother doing like back backflips off the trampoline and backflips into swimming pools, lots of backflips everywhere. And I mean, I, <laughs> I actually had a, um, a, a memory the other day that we would like edit our videos to like really, um, what we thought was cool nineties music, um, back then and, uh, lots of star wipes and, um, you know, like, um, um, jump cuts. And so, um, I've got lots of those videos somewhere, but that was kind of my first thing. It's me and my brother just playing around in the backyard and I had a camera that was given to me and um, it all began there, really. Mm. So then uh, wanting to go to drama school, was that kind of a no-brainer for you when you finished high school? Did you think, well, this is just what I'm going to do because I want to be an actor? Uh, no, not not really. I just I, I, I went... Um, and did the start of a, a business and psychology degree. Um, mm-hmm. And then, um, but it just kind of kept niggling at me and I, I was in kind of stage shows and um, I, I um, you know, I was kind of in bit roles and TV and things like that. And mm. and so then I, yeah, I decided I really wanted to kind of give it a, a crack and jumped into the, um, the auditions pretty heavily um, from there. Yeah. Isn't that always the way that we're like, oh, you know what you want to do, but you're kind of like, oh, but I've got to do something safe. I've got to do something that like locks me into a job. And so I have a degree, especially when you're young. It's always like thinking, oh, I've got to have a uni degree in order to like, you know, ensure that I can be employed in some respect. Exactly. Yeah, that was that's the main thinking behind it. Um and like having gone through all the kind of degrees that you know, I I I think it's like incredibly beneficial. But I'm also, um, yeah, you know, like I also think it's it's not a be all and end all. Like I think there's so many cool creatives out there who just it's not for them, and they just go and do their own thing, and and that mm. in itself is has its own merit. Um, and in some ways, I think regardless of either of those paths it's more like a longevity thing the more you can kind of you know just keep in it and keep 
sort of um, keeps taking opportunities and, and creating opportunities for yourself. Um, yeah, it's it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one for sure. Definitely. And I think like there is that kind of, I think we all have moments in our careers where we're like, do I want to keep doing this? Because right now it's hard. And like, you know, I feel like I just want to give up. And I think that those are really interesting moments because I think it is completely valid to go, you know what, like I've, I've done the thing or I've tried to do the thing and I just don't find joy in it anymore. And I feel like I want to move on to X or whatever it is that you want to move on to. And then there are those moments, like for me, I have them quite often where I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm tired, you know, and I, do I want to give up? And then there is that thing inside of you that's like, but what if it's tomorrow? You know, like I do want to keep going. I'm just having that moment of like, oh, this is hard or like the ebbs and flows of the industry in your career. It's funny. Like I I, I actually feel like I live in a constant state of that. Even when things are going well, I just feel like, um, you know, every, everything of the industry is challenging. Like if once you get the role, you know, or you get, you get the movie financed or you get the, um, uh, you know, you get your film sold, there is always a new challenge kind of on the horizon and it's like something to stress you. And, um, you know, the, the more I'm in it, the more I'm kind of like, reflecting I, I say to myself as I go in through these things is like just enjoy where you're at you know um mm-hmm. because uh it it certainly doesn't get easier we we were able to shoot our first U.S. feature um just last year and and that was like you, you think when you get something like that finance you're like this is awesome like this is going to be terrific but you know, the mm-hmm. actual shoot had its its own set of challenges and we were out in um, Kansas City in the, the Midwest and um, it was, yeah, it was a very short shoot and we had to kind of like get everything in the can and, um, you know, in, in a couple of weeks and, um, and it was very challenging. It was long, long days as a producer. Um, I think I was sleeping maybe four hours a night or even less and, you know, for, for a solid couple of months there. And, um, you know, when you get, when you, when you had, I wish I celebrated the win more that I got it up, yeah. you know, and cause then the next thing was just so challenging in and of itself. Um, so yeah, you should, you know, you've got to take those wins where they come. Oh, you 100% do. It's like that's such a life lesson as well, isn't it? It's like, you know, we're always kind of thinking about, oh, when I have this, then I'll feel a certain way or when I, um, you know, X, Y or Z. And it's really hard to live in the present and be like very happy and at peace with where you are right now, even though it's not matching a hundred percent the dream that you do have. And that's okay. And it is like, as you say, like when you get to the places that you do want to be, it's not going to feel like, oh, I've made it. This is what I was dreaming about. Oh, it feels so good. It just feels like all of the other stuff. And you're like, oh, cool. This is, this is cool. 
Uh, but I don't feel any different. Like I feel like me and it's, yeah, you really do have to take those moments to be like, wow, okay, good work me. Like right now, this is really cool what I'm doing and that's all that matters. It doesn't matter what, like, cause I'm sure that you were thinking on that shoot. Okay. What's our next international thing going to be? Cause we're doing this. So people are going to be asking what's next for us. And so you have to have an answer for that. And it's just like, Oh my God, how about we just focus on this for now? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. You're, you, you know, we're, we're always pitching our next things and, and, um, and, you know that that happens very quickly. It, un- it unfolds like as soon as you, as soon as you kind of see how it works and like understand how you know the business works and the the you know the um, start to get those connections. It it really um, it just rolls very quickly and um, which is exciting. It's like really exciting, but it's also like. The, the downside of it is there's no rest. Like if you want to, yeah. if you want to get the opportunities, like, um, and I thought, you know, I thought drama school was hard and like self-reflecting and, and the acting side. And, but then like jumping behind and doing a lot of producing stuff, I realized, well, there's a whole different set of, um, you know, psychological challenges, like, you know, bringing in money and and um, making sure something gets made and investors get paid and all that sort of stuff um, yeah <laughs> and then and then like when you try and um, you know because that that's the thing you don't really realize when you when you you see these big stars and a lot of them um, a lot of them have such a good um, such a good instinct when it comes to uh, producing work that they know is going to recoup um, money, mm. um, and they will, and and you know, a lot of them will be quite ru- ruthless in that, um, and that's that's very admirable. It, it's kind of something that's necessary to kind of exist in the business. Mm. Yeah, the kind of production producing side of the business is like it's so much work it's so much more than being on set and filming the thing and then off you go and it takes like you really have to be passionate about it and you know want to reap the benefits of like what you can do when you create your own work and when you are in that position to be creating work that you kind of choose or that you choose to take on it's like yeah it's just like it's years of work you know it's not just like here's a script cool all right well let's let's go off and film it Let's do the auditions and then we'll film it. Like the whole money side of the industry and like, as you say, like the investors and getting the budget and all that sort of thing. For me, if I'm perfectly honest, is very boring. I don't want to do it. <laughs> I like, I don't care. Just, just give me the lines to learn and we'll chat about it. Then we'll film it and then off I'll go. My job is done. <laughs> But you obviously don't share that opinion because you do so many different things in the industry as well. Um, so I'm curious about like what uh, what made you kind of go, okay, like I, I do want to 
produce. I do want to direct. I do want to write. What was that moment where you decided that you wanted to take on those roles as well? Um, I think it was the fact that I was like, um, I was not really satisfied with the the roles that I was getting in terms mm. of um, just what was out there really. Like I was, you know, I felt like you, you train for three years and, you know, you're doing Chekhov and Shakespeare and these like highly, you know, dramatic pieces of work and then you get out and you, you have a script which is like, you know, so... Um, it's so undercooked and like, and just, and you know, what's the point of the, you know, this stuff. And I felt very kind of, yeah, like unfulfilled in the stuff and, and almost like it was, it felt really tragic that, you know, a lot of actors have to go through so much to then like do work, which isn't very satisfying. And like, you know, it's very short lived as well. And, um, and so I think that's what made me go, well, if I'm going to really stay in this business, like I've got to learn how how to kind of exist on both sides of the camera um, and have control over the things that I can put forward and, and have a voice in the room, um, you know. And I think I, I've kind of um, empowered every actor to do that, like to, you know, I think... Um, great acting doesn't come from just kind of learning the lines and and um i think it becomes it becomes as you were saying like staying in the moment staying present seeing what more you can bring to a scene that isn't on the page um Mm. and um i mean i to be honest like i i find it really hard when i'm acting now because i i get really anxious about oh we're you know we've we've got to make our days and I don't want to be spending money, you know, um, particularly when I'm on screen. Um, so I have to tell, like, I have to kind of switch off that brain and get back into, um, uh, being creative, you know, like mm. pulling something out of the hat, which, um, uh, which isn't there. And, and sometimes I, most of the time I fail, but you know, when I, when I do do something, you, it's very nice to kind of like have those moments. Yeah, well, it's it's very tough to act and take on other on-set roles, that's for sure. And in anything that I've done in the past where I have been a producer or something on the um, project as well as acting in it, I have learnt to kind of go, okay, as soon as we're like day one shoot day, I'm not Rachel the producer anymore. Like we have other people who can take on those roles because for me, I just like, it's just too, it's too much to be thinking about like, okay, what's like, what is my intention for this scene? Oh, but is like so-and-so, have they gotten the right shot list for this scene? And then like, it just kind of takes you out of the moment. And so I'm curious about how you juggle those roles because you have directed and acted in films before. Yeah, I think the 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 secret to it is preparation. It's like everyone around you knowing, um, knowing what it is before you kind of go there to shoot it. And like, so a lot of the questions are answered already. 
Um, so when, when we did watch the sunset, like we were pretty close to how we would move during the, um, the entire film and, and like we had it rehearsed to a T. So the cameraman knew where he was going to be at any one point and, um, and yeah, and that one was great. Like we, it took us, um, seven different takes to, to get the, the one shot that you kind of see on stand. Um, and, um, and like various other platforms, if other listeners around the world, um, so just to just for our listeners, you're talking about watch the sunset. That's right. Yeah, watch yes. the sunset, which is um, that was kind of the first feature that kicked it off for me. Um, and it was a bunch of mates from drama school and I that got together and and um, we wrote a script and um, it was loosely based on some of these personal experiences that. Um, uh, that we'd researched, but also that were close to us. And, um, and yeah, and then we decided we'd go out and shoot it. And then we decided we would, um, shoot it all in one take. So, um, (laughs) it was a very, very challenging, uh, experience, but we knew that if we pulled it off, like it would make a bit of noise and, and that was what it did, which was great for us. Um, and you know, we, we did the whole kind of festival thing and, and then we're, you know, lucky to, to, um, get repped in the States and all that sort of stuff, um, which began the trajectory. And then it was like, oh, okay, now I've got to learn how to do this properly. <laughs> <laughs> Can't fake it anymore. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so when you say that it was uh, a one-shot film, it was truly a one-shot film. Like there were none of those uh, tricky kind of takes where it's a cut point that you can like you wouldn't be able to tell if you're watching it so it was one whole take that's right yeah it was 85 minute take um in a small regional town in Kerrang in northern victoria um and yeah the camera did, didn't didn't cut so we we planned the whole thing um and um yeah we pulled it off it, there was a few days where we didn't get the take um, but we did, um, we, the take you see, I think is the fifth day, the take that's. Like, oh my God. Yeah. yeah. So with, with being a performer in that sense, I guess it's kind of like just doing a theater show because theater shows, you know, you, you're on stage for like, it's just one story. You don't stop and do different takes. Um, but the trickiest thing, I guess you probably used all natural lighting for it because if the camera is moving around, then you can't be like, and there's a light box. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. There was a few set up lights and a lot of practical lights, but, um, essentially it's, it's during the daytime. So it was a lot of just, um, yeah, uh, a lot of daylighting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then as a performer with doing something like that, what were the pros and cons of uh, doing a one shot? It, um, I, I love it, actually. I've got another one which I've written and I'm, I'm very excited for it. Um, um, actually, um, uh, yeah, with a, with a guy called Nicholas Hammond, um, who, who's um, part of the Sydney kind of theatre and actor crowd. He, he was... Um, He's a, he's a terrific man, and he he came to me with an idea, and we basically workshopped it. But 
the reason I wanted to kind of do his thing as well is because um, there's nothing. It's like theater. It's it's so alive um, that y- you you prep for the day and then you shoot for the two hours and then it's over, um, which is so good. It's it's just um, it it's a different discipline than I suppose um, trying to do like three seconds of acting, you know, during 12 hours of the day, which um, becomes really uninspiring process, I think, for a lot of actors. Whereas for us during Watch the Sunset, like, we were alive all the time because, you know, uh, just anything could happen. Um, It was just a live environment. And, you know, one day the police pulled us over and, um, and we had our permits and everything, but we'd said to each other, uh, stay in character, like the entire, you, we just don't know where this could go. And, and so, you know, it was a biker gang sort of movie and, and um, yeah, that was an interesting one where getting pulled over with, uh, you know, a, a pretty, with tattoos all over our bodies and mullet haircuts and guns in the car. And, and so, um, uh, you know, but, but what I loved about it was that it felt very raw um, and, um, I love that, like seeing that it takes, I think it takes a, a, a really, um, disciplined actor to get into that space for 12 hours. Like I, I myself, like after second hour of like on set of, of, of a, a normal set, it's kind of like, you know, you're going off with the fairies. Oh, you know, like it's hard to stay focused in that way. Um, so, yeah, that's what I would say is the positive about it. Mm. Well, I guess you also, like, in consideration of casting and as well as, like, hiring crew, it's not, it doesn't seem to be just a simple process that it usually is because that is such a specific requirement for the actor. Like, you know, in an audition, even if they're good in a two-minute scene, you're asking them to be good for a straight, hour and a half and that's a lot yeah yeah it requires the actors to to really you you have to test their commitment like you know particularly in the audition process we had a a young girl in the the film as well and and we auditioned uh, hundreds of kids just to try and get someone who was so committed that we knew like was just going to go along with it and had the, had the understanding to not just break character. Um, mm. And so, um, yeah, we found a crew that was able to do that as well. And, and not to mention a, a cinematographer and people behind the scenes that who were putting themselves on the line as well to, to make sure we got the shot, um, which is exciting. It, it feels alive, um, you know, which I, which I love. Yeah. Well, from a technical perspective, how do you, like obviously the cinematographer and or the camera operator are operating the camera, but like are you all mic'd up? Is there a boom mic? Who's watching the shot? Where are they sitting? Like obviously out of sight. Is there people just constantly behind the cameraman like shifting? Like how did that technically work? Yeah, it was like a small gorilla crew and everyone basically had to stand and follow the cameraman. I had to be in his footsteps, really. 
um, if you were going to be, if you needed to be there, you needed to be in his footsteps. Um, and then when he maneuvered around, you followed his footsteps around. Yeah, everyone was mic'd up, had their own radio mics, and and there was still a boom there. We had a a, um, a crazy boom up who was just brilliant. Like he was running around like a madman to get all our, our sound and. Um, and luckily we didn't have huge amounts of ADR in that film, so that, that was great. <laughs> yeah, ADR. <laughs> oh, God. I don't like ADR. That's my personal opinion. I think, like, <laughs> I just think that we use it too loosely sometimes, that they're like, we don't like how you said that, so you're going to say it again in a completely different setting <laughs> and try and do it better, and you're like, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I I pick it as well. Like as soon as it, there's the dodgy ADR, I I yeah, it throws me out of a, a film for sure. Yeah. So with um, you know, working internationally now with your films, what was the process of like being like, a, okay, I'm an actor, I want to like create my own work okay we've created our own work cool and now one of them has you know had international distribution what is the process then of making relationships with the important people in the industry who then allow relationships to form to work overseas like how does that process work um to be honest it didn't really form for us like we had to we had to really aggressively go after um, the, the putting a film together. Um, it's very rare that someone will come to you and be like, "Your film's greenlit," you know. Like, here you go, you're 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 ready to go now. Um, I mean, I wish I, I just hope one time that happens for me in my, in my <laughs> career, but I don't think I don't think it works like that. I think. Films are very risky and um, they need lots of parties to be involved with them. So you kind of need to take it upon yourself to get all of those parties together and and be like, you should work with this person and us on something. Um, and so it's a lot of that. And and so for, for me, it's a process of finding the actors that the – distributors like and um and the script and the materials and matching it up with them um and a lot of these people i mean are approachable even if you haven't done too much you can at least see like if you if you're clued on enough with what is selling in the industry you can pitch them stuff and they will respond with that's not for us or we don't like this element of it or whatever. And you've just kind of got to maneuver projects and some just will never, you know, work. And, and some you can kind of maneuver them and some you create on the basis of what the demand is out there, what's selling. And, um, and so, yeah, like now, you know, I think it's a numbers game for us. Like we have to, um, pitch uh, you know 20 projects and and we might get a few up um but those projects aren't dead it's just the fact that they'll come up at the right time and and that's mm. something again like I've, I've found is that you never know um you've kind of got to always be on the lookout of like how can I marry or what are they after 
that's a, a question I suppose I ask myself a lot. Like, because um, it's not so much the relationship that sells things; it, it it's it's the demand. It's like, you know, do that. Does that company need something? What do they need? And can I mm. fill that gap? Yeah. yeah, and I guess it's as you said, like you could go into a meeting with someone and be like, this is what we've got. And they're like, no. And you're like, okay, but we've also got this. And they're like, yeah, that's what we want. So it's like not putting all your eggs in one basket and trying to sell one idea is unfortunately the business way about it. And I think that um, sometimes as creatives, we can have this one thing that we're like, this is my thing that I've been working on and I think it's amazing. And then they're like, no. And you're like, oh, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I put all my eggs in the basket. (laughs) What am I going to do? But it's just, yeah, that's what has really interested me kind of seeing behind the curtain of uh, the producing side of things is that idea of like you do have to have so many projects and like maybe you won't be passionate about every single one but it's those stepping stone moments of like okay if we pitch them this then like down the line maybe they'll like want to take on this project which we're more passionate about and it also takes time like that's like you know years and it's just I think we want everything to happen now, as we were saying before, like we want everything to happen now. And it's just like, no, things take time and things are going to happen when they're going to happen. And it's it's difficult to let that be, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's another good lesson is like, you know, pitching something for the first time cold, it's, it's very, you can't expect much from it. It's going to take, lots of discussions to for people to kind of invest in your um concept um unless you've got some big actors attached when then it's a kind of a a different story immediately um and so that's i mean you know finding those inroads to um to those places and to those actors um and you know i think is is really um, important. And that's not to say like, you know, you have to, um, stay with notable actors for every project. It's just the effect of like, okay, well, if it's not that, then how do we do it? We've got to do it on a low mm. budget and we've got to, um, we've got to find distribution. So what is it? Is it genre? Is it something that's going to stand out? Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'm curious about, um, Like, obviously, you know, we all want to help out our friends and we want to employ our friends, especially actors. And so how do you go about obviously wanting to give your friends roles and then balancing that and like up and coming actors roles as well? And how do you balance that with the need to sometimes cast bigger names for the marketability of that name yeah it's it's a a tricky one um it really depends on who's i think financing it um essentially and and what their like thoughts are um because i mean their thoughts will always be like get get us the biggest star possible um but you know you, that's always a conversation of like who you know who do you want in it what do you think will work and we've seen time and time again that 
you know, um, unknown actors will break out into in some things because they're just right for it and and it rings true to a lot of people. Um, um, so it's you've got to make that kind of creative choice uh, at the end of the day. Mm. Do you feel like, um, like I was telling you before we started recording because you're asking about podcasting and I said it's been a really great networking tool for me because I've almost kind of been able to slide in to meet people that I would have probably never have had this same length of conversation and the same depth of conversation with if I was like, hey, I'm Rachel the actor. It's like being like, hey, I'm Rachel, I have a podcast, and then being like, I'm also an actor. <laughs> um, you know, have you found that with um, taking on producing, writing and directing that it has allowed you to kind of sidestep this kind of thing that actors have where they're like, okay, I need to try and meet this person or that person, but that person's inundated with people being like, hey, I'm an actor and, you know, and I think that that's totally fair, but it's, have you found that finding, um, I guess, a wider talent for yourself has given you better opportunities? Yeah, well, it's funny, like I... I haven't been pursuing acting uh, that um, dramatically. <laughs> um, I, I, <laughs> I haven't, like, uh, it, it's been kind of the, the, the second priority for me um, mm-hmm. in the last little while. And, and um, but I've still been able to, to kind of get roles and stuff because I've had that network, which is great. And it, it is something I think in the next few years, when I do set a bit more of a foundation for our company, it's something I will pursue more heavily and I will start to lean on those relationships and stuff um, um, if they like me to be in things. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things like, act, you know, no one loves, no one likes a desperate actor as well. It's yeah. kind of, it's this thing where you need to just exist and if people want you and stuff, then they're going to ask you, um, and and if they don't, I, and this is why I think the like having control over the work you're creating is so important um, uh, because it's fulfilling. Like that's that's essentially I think why we get into it. You know, it's not really for the star power or stardom because there's not much of that. You know, there's very few people who have that. Um, and, and and that has its own kind of set of challenges. So, um, you know, it's got to be for the, the work, you know, something that, and you, and you, you must know, you, like as an actor, what what is it that drives you and inspires you? Um, like what are those roles and how do we, how do we get to, 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 to have more of them, you know? Mm. Yeah, it's definitely like that. And I think it takes some experience as well to get out of that mindset of the desperation of like what I'm going to offer is me being an actor and that's it. And, and people are like, okay, <laughs> plenty of other people are that. It's like finding what you have to offer the other person is so important. Like 
and then they will like that relationship will form. You have to have something to offer. And some for some actors who are experienced, it's their name on a project. They can offer that to you for that role. Sometimes in an audition space, you're like, this is my audition is what I have to offer you. And that's it. It's not trying to convince you, please employ me. And like in your roles, you're like, when you're pitching projects, it's like, this is what I have to offer. And this is why I'm offering it to you. And you can say yes or no. It's all about having something to offer the other person that you're wanting something from rather than just being like, please give me that thing. I I don't really have much to give you except for myself, but you know what I mean? That's right, yeah. I mean, it really, it does, uh, it does really require you to go and be above and beyond to like um, have those relationships and not seem desperate and, and, um, and, and even some of like, oh, so like we worked with a, quite a lot of Aussies in the States, um, and they were they were brilliant. Like they they were so generous with everything that they gave. To, and I will work with you know every single one of them again because it, it's um, they they realised you know that it, it is about giving. I think that that it continues to build the like um, rapport and the relationship and 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 never can you kind of go into a, a production. I think. I mean, there's actors who um, will do that. Uh, you know, luckily I haven't had that occur, but, um, you know, I think it would be hard to work, to have a long, uh, the, a relationship with longevity that with an actor that's very demanding, you know, not offering and not giving stuff. Um, mm. Yeah. Unless it's someone very, very famous and the production studio is like, you have to use them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And even then, though, like, do you want to do that? Like, I know producers who've worked with a lot of big actors who have been problematic and they just won't do it again. You know, they just, mm. it's not worth it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't be a dickhead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the takeaway from today, really. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> if this episode has a title, don't be a dickhead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think that. I think that's um, that's a good title. I, I, I like that. And maybe, um, but you know, I think um, another thing that I've been reflecting on is just taking opportunities and and not, you know, not second guessing. Um, uh, kind of like going for it, you mm. know, like just give, don't be a dickhead and give it a shot. You know that's kind of like that's kind of essentially it. Because some of the biggest like things in my career has just been from me late in, at night sending that email, you know, to that person that I I like. I just want. I knew if I just was able to kind of get in somewhere, like so. I mean, those are the sorts of things like going above and beyond and, and giving a shot um, that have have be, been the things that have been able to cr- create the films that we've we've got going on. Um, um, yeah, I mean, I mm. hope, hopefully it doesn't require that in my whole life, but it may. <laughs> 
Well, I think that you, I think what you're saying is like when you have those impulses to be like, I think I should do this. And it's just like I have that intuitive feeling of like I'm just going to take this step and it may work or it may not, but at least I'm taking the step and not doing that out of like, oh, I'm I'm going to um I'm going to email Joel Edgerton's company and I'm going to try and get an audition because if I send the email, I'm going to get an audition. Like, no, (laughs) it's just like, yeah, having those moments of like, okay, well, um, maybe I will say hi to that person at that event or maybe I will send that email for this reason. And you just kind of never know what moment or what thing or what person is going to be the thing that's like, yeah, that gives you that yes that you've been looking for and then you can move forward on to the next thing. And it's like that can be really daunting but it can also be really empowering because you're like, you just never know. So just go about your life and do the things that you feel like are right, I guess. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, that's 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 exactly it. And and it, it, you've got to have, as you said, you've got to have discretion. You you can't be like expecting big things from things. But if it's if it's reasonable and you have a, you know, you have some sort of rapport or something that you can kind of lean upon, um, I think so often people um, just won't. Like the, you kind of need to experience those knockbacks to to mm. then know, okay, that's not that didn't work. You know what? Yeah. What can I? What, what can I offer them better than that? And and what's what have I got um, within my self or within my kind of network or, or whatever? And and then and I'm even like kind of thinking that for for all the films we're putting together, it's like how do we make Australia, you know, something that's um, that people want to see and, mm. and what are those things, um, that have worked before? And, and, and so that's constantly kind of swimming in my head. Um, and we've got lots of projects to, to kind of like see what, what works, um, really. Uh, so that's it. Yeah. I think it also takes time and maturity to develop, that sense of like knowing what you have to offer as well and having things to offer like you can't rush that and I think it's such a journey as a creative to learn like who you are as a person and what does that mean you have to offer to a project or whatever um and yeah so it's just like you know, 20 year old Rachel certainly wanted to be like, I have so much to offer. But looking back on that version of me, I'm like, no, you didn't. You didn't know anything. (laughs) And that's okay. You know, you can't rush the journey. That's it. That's it. Exactly. And you you know, um, and it's funny because, you know, we always look fondly back on the times that we were we thought our acting was really good or we thought we were really fit and sexy and, you know, like we always kind of idolise these other times in our past. Um, And, but it is exactly what you're saying. It's like you don't have the maturity at those moments to to capitalise on them or or to kind of quite understand, like, you know, what is the value? Um, Mm. um, Yeah. 
Uh, Tristan, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. I really appreciate you giving us your time, even though you are a busy man. Um, do you have anything that you want to plug before we leave? Yeah, so a couple of couple of films. Um, so we've got Subject, which is yes. a um, found footage surveillance um, horror film, which uh, is coming out uh, this year. Um, after our release with Synodyme in the US, who did Terrifier 2. And and also, um, we've also got um, uh, Headcount, which is our US films. Um, yes, with Melanie Zanetti, who we have had on the podcast before. Yeah, oh, terrific. Yeah, yes. yeah, Mel's, Mel's the legend. Um, so, yeah, Mel was over there in Kansas City with us and um, and that will be coming out most likely in... Uh, towards the end of the year in Australia and both are being distributed by Umbrella Entertainment here in Australia. Amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Well, watch this space for those things, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. No worries, Tristan. Thank you for being here and we'll talk to you soon. Mm -hmm.